Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts with a look at California agricultural news. Early registration for the 2024 Crop Consultant Conference hosted by Progressive Crop Consultant Magazine and Western Region Certified Crop Advisors is now open. The popular event for certified crop advisors, pest control advisors, grower applicators, and industry professionals is the mainstay for all continuing education needs this year and will take place on September 25th and 26th at the Visalia Convention Center. Visit myaglife.com slash events for the early discounted rate of $275 per person, which includes the live conference, a trade show with 70-plus exhibits, first-class dining, entertainment, and a mixer. We'll see you there. Due to atmospheric rivers and torrential rains and flooding, California's agricultural sector is facing mounting challenges and uncertainties. The powerful weather phenomena characterized by concentrated moisture-laden air currents not only disrupts farming operations, but also poses significant risks to crop yields, soil health, and water management systems. With California's agriculture being vital to both the state's economy and national food supply, the repercussions of these atmospheric rains reverberate far beyond the fields, impacting consumers, markets, and global trade dynamics. Governor Gavin Newsom has declared a state of emergency for several counties in Southern California to support storm response and recovery efforts. The emergency proclamation covers Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, San Bernardino, San Diego, San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara, and Ventura counties. It includes provisions authorizing a California National Guard response if tasked, facilitating unemployment benefits for affected residents, and making it easier for out-of-state contractors and utilities to repair storm damage. The return of fully planted rice crops to the Sacramento Valley following years of drought has restored another essential feature of the region, which is migrating waterfowl. After harvest, reservoirs replenished by last year's historic storms enabled farmers to flood more of their fields this winter, creating wetland habitat for birds. You can't drive down the road without seeing thousands of geese, according to Kim Gallagher, who grows rice along Highway 45 in Yolo and Calusa counties and participates in government-funded programs that incentivize rice farmers to flood their fields for wildlife conservation. Increasing its commitment to expand the reach of its global marketing campaign, the California Table Grape Commission named Nick Nakashian as Director of Content Development. Nakashian joined the commission in October 2019 and in July of 2022 was promoted to Assistant Director of Marketing, Content Development and Analysis. In his new role, he will direct the development of content for a global target audience, focusing on messages to increase awareness and motivate purchases of California table grapes. The California Cotton Ginners and Growers Association is gearing up for 2024 regional train-to-trainer workshops. This year, the California Cotton Growers Association, the Zenith, Fresno County Farm Bureau, California Fresh Fruit Association, and the Western Agricultural Processors Association are partnering to provide tractor safety, train-the-trainer beginning in March. The trainings will be covered in English and Spanish, and there will be seven on-site tractor safety workshops in the following areas, Fresno, Tulare, Wasco, 
Madeira, Turlock, Arbuckle, and Chico. These workshops are for owners, managers, supervisors, safety personnel, or those who are responsible for training. Each workshop attendee will be provided with a binder that includes the information needed for understanding the rules, regulations, and conducting effective safety training. Each attendee will also receive a certificate of completion for those that participate in the full class. In addition, the association will be conducting walkout, tagout, fall protection, and personal protection equipment webinars in the spring. The cost per training is $60 a person for members and $80 for non-members. For information on registering for the workshops and or webinars, visit agprocessors.org. California navel oranges are the main citrus variety being harvested in a central valley with the season expected to last until early April. However, the California season doesn't come without challenges. There's a lack of small fruit and as a result, some substituting is happening with Mexican oranges for California navels, according to Jason Laffer with Terra Fresh Organics in California. The recent rains will likely cause the California navel crop to grow even bigger in size. It is expected to be a short season with an estimated finish early in April, depending on the weather situation. Sizes 88, 113, and 138 count are lacking in California, while availability is more plentiful in Mexico. He says as a result, they are seeing stronger demand for their Mexican oranges this season, and they are being welcomed with open arms this season. For TerraFresh, the Mexican citrus season kicked off with the harvest of early sweets or Valencia oranges back in November. Quality has been strong and volume consistent, he said. They are now beginning to transition to the true Valencia variety. This season will last now until early June. The true Valencia variety has a deeper orange color, and at the beginning of the season, they are a bit higher in acids, but bricks levels increase as the season progresses. TerraFresh Organics also has a lemon deal out of California that started in late December and early January, and will run throughout the summer months. He says it's been a strange start to the season. Movement has been slower than expected, both on organic and conventional lemons. Usually prices elevate in January, but he says they did not see that this year. Demand is different, and he says it is difficult to understand what is happening. The California Milk Advisory Board and a marketing order representing California dairy producers has announced the addition of Travis Cano as manager of Processor Partnerships. Cano joins the CMAB with 16 years of experience at the Safeway Albertsons Companies, where he held a wide range of leadership positions, including grocery procurement manager, business ventures manager, supply chain strategies manager, and director of e-commerce merchandising, procurement, and labor planning. He most recently held the position of director of pay operations that shipped a grocery delivery service. In these roles, he led company initiatives to drive customer loyalty, sales, and profit through quality improvement, innovation, cost savings, and portfolio optimization. Cano holds a Bachelor of Arts degree in business communication from San Diego State University. Strawberries and Valentine's Day go together in Southern California. Strawberry grower shippers say there should be plenty of the heart-shaped fruit on hand for the upcoming holiday next week. In late January, Cindy Jewell, who handles marketing for Bobaloo Berries and Oxnard, said fruit size was excellent and that plenty of stem berries should be available. Watsonville-based California Seven Seas will have plenty of berries for Valentine's Day, loading at the company's cooler in McAllen, Texas. That according to Brent Scantini, vice president in the West Coast area. Seven Seas will have ample stems available and will continue to do so even after February 14th, he said. Similarly, in Salinas, California, Nature Right Farms LLC will have good supplies of strawberries, according to the company, between its Mexico and California crops. Stems will be available from Nature Ripe's Mexico and California locations. 
Los Angeles Chargers linebacker Joey Boza is set to compete against world champion competitive eater Joey Chestnut during his second annual Wonderful Pistachio Get Kraken Eating Championship on World Pistachio Day, which is February 26th at Pacific Park on California's Santa Monica Pier, according to a news release. Hosted by Wonderful Pistachios and Major League Eating, this marks the first time in a competitive eating circuit history that an active professional football player will go head-to-head with internationally ranked MLE athletes, including the defending pistachios eating world champion Nick Way, according to the release. Competitors will have eight minutes to crack open and eat as many wonderful pistachios as possible in a battle for the championship title and $10,000 in total cash prizes. Wonderful Pistachios says the pistachio eating championship requires immense dexterity and mobility because competitors must first crack open each pistachio before consuming it and moving on to the next. In addition to Bosa, a four-time player in the NFL Pro Bowl, top-ranked eaters from around the world are slated to attend. The UC Cooperative Extension Rice Work Group is examining results of a 2023 trial conducted in collaboration with the California Rice Experiment Station. The trial evaluated commercial varieties in advanced breeding lines in the San Joaquin Delta region. San Joaquin County Farm Advisor Michelle Leinfelder-Miles said the Delta location was the southernmost of nine sites in a 2023 statewide trial that aims to give growers the best possible information in order to make the best decisions for their growing regions. These trials are conducted to help growers see how the varieties perform in different locations, so under different climate conditions, different soil conditions, uh, even different management practices. And by having As many trials as we do, we're hoping to have a trial that's close enough to most of the growers who are growing rice that they can identify with the data and find um, information that's useful on their farm. The Delta's cooler growing conditions makes the region an ideal place to test early maturing varieties, according to Leinfelder-Miles. The varieties that are grown in the Delta are what we call early or very early maturing varieties because the Delta is a little bit cooler climate compared to the Sacramento Valley. And by cooler climate, we may not exactly, you know, think of um, the Delta as necessarily being that much cooler than the Sacramento Valley, but it's those nighttime temperatures during the growing season um, that make the Delta a cooler place. And, and that's because of its proximity to the San Francisco Bay and the Pacific Ocean and the the winds that kind of bring cooler air into the Delta region. There were a few varieties that performed well in the trial, including one of the best performing varieties in the Delta, the M206, which is the most widely planted variety in California. The M in the name stands for medium grain, she noted. So it's very adaptable to a lot of different conditions, um, climate conditions, soil conditions, and it, it happens to do very well in the Delta region. And so it's it's widely planted um with growers in the Delta. Um, But there are some other varieties that, you know, perform well, both in the Delta and statewide that are early maturing or even very early maturing. Another one is called M105. So it's earlier maturing than the M206 that I just described. And then there's some newer varieties that um, have come out of the rice experiment station. They're called M210 and M211. The M210 variety is probably a little more adaptable to different environmental conditions. The M211 variety is probably less adaptable to the Delta region specifically, but uh, widely adaptable in other, primarily the Sacramento Valley. 
Leinfelder Miles said 2023 was a cooler year than 2022, so yield on some trial varieties looked a bit different. She said yields tend to be a little better in warmer years in the Delta region. Again, it goes back to those cooler nighttime temperatures. So I'm using cool year, warmer year, very broadly um, with, with not a clear definition as to what that really means. But when we think of a warmer year, um, not, it's not only about the daytime temperatures, you know, if we have these heat waves, it's, it's also those nighttime temperatures. And that's what really matter um, in the Delta region is uh, in a warmer year, those nighttime temperatures aren't quite as, as cool, which can be detrimental to the overall yield. Leinfelder Miles encourages anyone interested in seeing data from the various trials to visit a couple of websites. I would recommend that listeners go to the UC Rice online website. Um, I'm not sure if this the full set of data is available quite yet, but it will be there soon. The other place that folks can find information on varieties, rice varieties, is the Rice Experiment Station website as well. For My Ag Life, this is Kristen Platts. The Fresh Produce Association of the Americas has announced a date for the 2024 Spring Policy Summit. It is a one-day event that will be on April 3rd at the Tubac Golf Course and Spa in Tubac, Arizona. Dedicated to cultivating meaningful discussions surrounding policies and regulations impacting the importation of fresh produce, the summit has a history of facilitating open dialogues between industry leaders and government agencies from the U.S., Mexico, and Canada. The summit is open to all members of the fresh produce industry. Attendees can expect updates on crucial industry topics like trade policy updates, port of entry operations, a dedicated food safety meeting, and more. Highlights of the agenda include the North American Produce Food Safety Working Group and a luncheon with a keynote speaker. For more information, log on to freshfrommexico.com. USA meteorologist Brad Rippey discusses ongoing water storage issues with the Colorado River system due to long-term drought. Now, there is one caveat to all of this. One of our big multi-state reservoir systems, the Colorado River Storage System, is still dealing with a chronic generational drought that really began back in the late 1990s and the early 2000s. And so even though we have seen some recovery in the Colorado River Basin, we still see, as of January, the storage just at 59% of average and 37% of capacity, again, reflecting a quarter century of subpar precipitation in that southwestern region of the United States. USA meteorologist Brad Rippey. Women in ag tech is shedding light on women's increasing impact in ag tech and agriculture with a focus on expanding representation in professional and academic circles. Launched approximately one year ago by Meister Media Worldwide Incorporated, the initiative aims to raise awareness of women's evolving role in the ag tech community and broader agriculture industry. Lara Sawinski, group editor for CropLife Media Group, states they are working to identify the industry needs without duplicating existing efforts. We decided that it would be entirely crowdsourced. In other words, we wouldn't dictate the membership, the angles, etc. We would start with an interest form, if you will, that we put online and we um, helped promote this interest form via our brands, uh, in particular, our CropLife brand. And it was kind of a questionnaire brief, you know, would something like this entice you? If so, what would you hope to get out of such a group? What can we offer that doesn't currently exist, etc.? The feedback we got was astounding to us. 
this. It helped, first of all, confirm that there was a need for such a community and what that need might be, including networking, hearing from peers. Their first meeting was held in Des Moines, Iowa last summer. It was co-hosted with the Tech Hub live event. For more information or to become a member, go to globalagtechinitiative.com. Agoro Carbon Alliance has surpassed 2 million acres. Farm News reporter Michael Clements has more on what Agoro Carbon Alliance is and what they do. Agoro Carbon Alliance, a global leader in the agricultural carbon market, announced that the company has hit a significant milestone, 2 million acres enrolled in sustainable practices across the United States. CEO Elliot Formal shares an update on Agoro Carbon's progress and their continued partnership with farmers and ranchers. We are incredibly proud to be partnering with more and more farmers and ranchers across the U.S. who are implementing practices that will promote soil health, biodiversity, water conservation, To date, we've enrolled more than 2 million acres and counting across 26 states, and we've reached this milestone within our second full year of enrollment and continue to demonstrate that we are delivering impact for farmers, ranchers, and our planet. And importantly, I would say that these 2 million acres are conservatively estimated to sequester or remove more than 7.5 million tons of carbon over the contracts. Formal explains what the 2 million acre milestone means for farmers and ranchers. Well, it shows our dedication, Agoro Carbon's dedication to advancing sustainable practices and improving farmer and rancher success and ability to deliver meaningful outcomes. So carbon payments, carbon financing represents an opportunity for producers to gain additional revenue while implementing practices that will improve soil health, resilience of their crops. And we at Agoro Carbon are offering multiple contract options to farmers and ranchers, offering prepayments that can support implementation of practices as well as payments upon issuance. And then we are also supporting our producers over the contracts and beyond the contracts with our team of grower success representatives that are ensuring that the practices are delivering long-term benefits for our producers. Agoro Carbon remains committed to advancing regenerative agriculture in 2024 and beyond. Our vision is to enroll millions more acres in the coming years and to generate a substantial volume of high-quality science-backed credits. So by collaborating with farmers, ranchers, and industry partners, Agoro Carbon will continue to create positive and lasting impact on the climate, soil health, and agriculture. We'll do this by building upon our focus on innovation, industry-leading science team, boots on the ground grower support. We are also backed by Yara International, which is the industry's leading global crop nutrition company. And we are fortunate that with our combined knowledge and innovation that we are able to offer producers unmatched resources and support as we work with them on their sustainable agriculture journey. To learn more about Agoro Carbon's progress and the carbon market opportunities available for farmers and ranchers, visit www.agorocarbon.com. Michael Clements reporting. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has announced the appointment of Angie Snyder as Deputy Administrator of the Agricultural Marketing Service Cotton and Tobacco Program, part of the Marketing and Regulatory Programs Mission Area. CNT supports the U.S. cotton and tobacco industries by providing standardization, grading, and market news services for cotton, cotton-related products, and tobacco, and administering the Cotton Research and Promotion Program. CNT provides cotton grading services at its 10 regional cotton classing offices and serves all cotton-producing states in the U.S. and maintains one tobacco operations office based in Raleigh, North Carolina. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. 
Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Map Magazine on a, every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.